What's up, and welcome back to another episode of The Rant. We're here today, day after Christmas. Purdue wrapping up their uh, Christmas Day game. I think I, I, that's the first time in my memory, at least, that had college, college Christmas Day yeah, games. Yeah, college Christmas Day games, but I mean, I kind of like it. I mean, Purdue with the 230 tip on Christmas Day is like an extra little gift, and obviously the win is just a cherry on top. Yeah, I mean, always good to uh, get back in the win column in conference mm-hmm. play. Yeah. I mean, especially coming off the Iowa loss. We yeah, they lost to... They lost on Christmas, too. Yeah. I mean, it was it was a good good slate of games on Christmas Day for the Big Ten. I mean, Michigan State also lost on Christmas Day yesterday. Uh, you mentioned Iowa got upset by Minnesota. Minnesota that was an yep. electric game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a couple really good games, and the Purdue game we mentioned was going to be really important. You know, following the loss to Iowa in the way that they they lost, um, needed a bounce back game. And you can you can look at this game, you know, a couple different ways. You can say, yeah, we won, but we played poorly down the stretch, so you know you feel a little uneasy about going forward. But at the end of the day, we won, right? And if you look at the shooting. Uh, you know, especially from three, you've got to be pretty happy, I'd say, oh, yeah. with the team's performance. And I think, you know, you can nitpick and you can you can always point out some flaws, but I think overall, this game, you got to be pretty happy with. Yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about the uh, mm-hmm. the stretch performance at the end, but let's start with some of the, yeah, the some good of the stuff, you know, in the, in the holiday spirit. <laughs> um, some Some bright spots, obviously, like the biggest one, uh, is Jade, Jade off the bench. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think most you know would agree spectators, most Purdue fans would agree that Jade Nivey was definitely the highlight of the game. And then I don't know where you were going with that, but I would say the second closest, second highest thing would be Brandon Newman. I mean, oh yeah, yeah, the kid. I mean, the so kid's efficient. gonna be a problem. He's efficient. He shot well. I mean, he didn't really do much other than score, but you know, we don't necessarily need him to i mean we won and he had two boards and one assist right but you know brandon newman is a guy that can can get you some assists and can get you some points i mean he had eight rebounds against ohio or not ohio iowa i always do that he had eight rebounds against iowa and then i believe he had something like five five assists um earlier in the season during one of those conferences i i'm trying to remember um but great game from brandon newman but Let's go back to Jaden Ivey, as you mentioned. I mean, yeah, I mean, 11 points in, in 19 minutes yeah. on pretty efficient shooting with the exception of the free throws. We'll get to the free throws mm. later. But uh, getting some rebounds, which for his for his size and his position is always a nice bonus, especially when he's not chasing them. They're just kind of falling to him. That's great. A steal, four assists. Again, like let's say even if you count every assist as two, that's another eight. Yeah. So you, he basically contributed for a point a minute that he was on the floor. Like yeah. that's really good. Yeah. And the thing is he did Without so a lot of turnovers. He out any turnovers actually. We we have to highlight that it came off the bench, right? And it came when Eric Hunter wasn't shooting well, right? And he kind of exploded in the second half. Exploded is as probably a generous word because, you know, I'm not going to say he dropped 30, right? That's that's not what I'm trying to say. But he he, his impact was really important in the second half when the team was struggling from the floor, and he did give Purdue a huge punch of offense. And 
Um, and that is crucial uh, because he had that one first game of the season where he looked great, right? He got injured, missed a couple games, and was kind of a non-factor, right, when he did come back. But now he had this this game, and, I mean, hopefully he'll play even more minutes going forward. He'll be, I mean, if you can get 11 points, double digits, out of Jaden Ivey off the bench in a game, that is that is ideal. Yeah, and I think he's a guy who, depending on the opponent, you might see him flip-flop between uh, the starting role and the mm-hmm. bench role, depending on if we want to go bigger, if we want to go smaller. Also, you know, he's showing that he has some chops defensively, which oh, is yeah. be nice well, when, if you play a team with you know, maybe an NBA guard or a guy who's a little bit more athletic than some other some of the other Purdue defenders. And the thing it's is, nice to have him. If you watch, if you're when you watch the games, you can tell Jaden Ivey, right? You always knew he had like the physical attributes, like if he wanted to be a good defender or if he, you know, practiced enough, and he could be a really good defender because he's athletic. You know, he's fast. He's got good physical attributes, right? But the thing is, he actually is playing very good defense to start the season, and you see him go for these like, and. Again, we talked about this before where it's like there's certain point guards that get steals because they just jump passing lanes. He's not one of those. He gets steals because he he's straight up picking he people's, picks pockets, people's pockets, right? Yeah. Which is awesome to see. Um, so that is definitely very exciting. And, you know, he only had one steal, but I remember it. And it, he literally just snatched the ball from a guy. So definitely, definitely a spot that um, in the future could be a, you know, staple of his game well, and, and you look at this maryland team they they play pretty secure with the ball anyways mm-hmm. so to get a steal against their guards is you know that's going to be that number is going to increase against teams that are maybe less known for their ball security mm-hmm. yeah without a doubt and i mean speaking of ball security only five turnovers in this game that's produced season low and i mean you can't be mad at that that's that's about as good as you'll get in college basketball for turnovers i mean yeah or excuse me, I'm looking at the wrong side. Yeah, you're looking at the wrong. Side. I'm looking. I'm sorry. Well, good job, Maryland. You had five turnovers. That's very Still, good. Still, even ten I mean, turnovers isn't bad. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> I'm looking at the wrong column. <laughs> oh man. Still waking up, I think. But um, no, I mean, and you could you could tell too. Just there were less turnovers, and the more possessions that Purdue got, right where they're not shooting themselves in the foot, definitely pays off. Um, let's talk a little bit about some of the less bright than bright spots. yeah less than bright spots uh, i travion williams has has to get going right he has to i think he has to impose himself a little bit more in these games i mean he had 10 and 8 right which is like still a decent line but for You're a guy like 10 and 8 yeah for like a guy like travion though you know he could easily make that 20 and 16 right like he could easily double that he shot four of nine he didn't really take any shots until late in the second second half and it seemed like he was forcing it at that point uh so some of them weren't really that great of looks whatnot but you know i i i need travion williams scoring more than 10 points a game unfortunately like i know obviously it's it's hard in the flow of that game there was it was definitely guard heavy it's definitely a lot of threes i mean purdue shot 22 threes on the night which yeah so but it was working so i i can't blame them for going to the three but i i just feel like down the line travion williams is going to have to be a more 
more and of you, a factor. And you can't blame him for not getting more shots because, I mean, he's not a guard. He doesn't really determine mm -hmm. when he does or doesn't get shots. But you can blame him for missing five not breaking fifty percent when you're a center, basically. Yeah, like, and there were a couple. There were a couple misses that that you know he probably wants back that should have gone in, but yeah, it's just in the future. Those those are the ones that definitely have to go down. Um. Because it will matter later in the season, you know, those misses and those, he, they will need him to score, you know, close yeah, to I 20 mean, points a game. Yeah, I mean, we won this game, but like, let's also acknowledge that Maryland gave us a helping hand by missing 11 free throws. Oh, yeah. I mean, and Purdue didn't help themselves out. Shooting by, 43% from the field. I mean, Purdue did not help themselves out by oh, yeah. missing, you know, six free throws. Pretty much all of them came in Down the final, final yeah. two minutes. I mean... Again, Purdue left the door wide open, and is they're fortunate fortunate enough to come away with the win. Because again, Maryland, I mean Maryland lit us up in the second half. Yeah. I mean they outscored us what forty two to thirty two in the second half. They That's shot. The thing is, Purdue didn't even really shoot badly from the floor or from three. They shot the same percentage from three that Maryland did. They just took less threes, right? Thirty three percent in the second half. They shot better from the field than Maryland did in the second half. It's just they had. They had a horrible free throw percentage, three of eight from the line, whereas Maryland yeah. went eight of eleven in, in the second half. And, so, and of that three of eight, it was one for six, uh, in the last couple possessions. Mm -hmm. when yeah, they were including when Maryland was fouling on purpose, and we were basically giving them free possessions. Yeah, right? and if their center doesn't go, zero for four, including zero for three from the three point line, mm -hmm. you know, it's it's it might be a different game. Yeah, I mean, you you said. Right there, Dante Scott. I mean, he was scoreless in the first half, and then he, you know, erupted for 15 points in the second half. So, yeah. Uh, they clear. I mean, Maryland made the adjustment because they got him going, and and Purdue. I don't think really picked up on it until the very end of the game, which, you know, watching it is is incredibly nerve wracking because it it was a little bit of a meltdown. I mean, it really was. Yeah. The team started to crumble a little bit. Uh, and then the momentum kind of just built upon Yeah, itself. you don't ever want to give teams the the inclination that intentionally fouling is a good idea. It's mm -hmm. just such a bad path to go down. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, and, uh, it, again, the, a win is a win, right? Purdue will take it, especially in big, the Big Ten Conference this year. Yeah. As we've seen already, uh, it's going to be incredibly difficult. Northwestern is 2-0 and in the Big Ten, and Michigan State's 0-2, right? And I don't think anybody yeah. saw that coming. So it's every it sounds so cliche, but literally every every win uh, is important at this point. So Purdue picking up uh, win number two in the Big Ten, big deal. The the one thing that I'm wondering, I mean, you had your one segment about Travion, and it was interesting that there were actually periods of time where neither Travion or Edie were playing, mm. and you were kind of playing with yeah, we had a like four a guard five. we had a four yeah. guard lineup at one point, and it actually with, worked pretty well. Yeah, I, I I actually liked it with with Aaron Wheeler at the five, which mm -hmm. again in college you can kind of get away from, especially when he's not really shooting. He's there I mean he didn't take a single shot last night, but he had exactly. three, three three boards, one assist. I mean, not the most impressive stat line, but he had a plus minus of five. So I mean, yeah, you know, I'm we were doing something that, right on the floor while he was there. That in thirty minutes of game time, Stefanovic has taken one shot and two free throws when yeah. he's the best shooter on the team. Right? It, and the it, other thing is. Down the stretch, when they're fouling intentionally, he's the guy you want the ball with, right? Because mm -hmm. if they foul him, he's shooting, like, what, 90% from the line the last couple of years? Like, 
I mean, yeah, one, one of the better free throw shooters on the team, without a doubt. Yeah. It is kind of interesting that he did only take one three, and it was a deep three, too. I remember exactly where, you know. And he hit it. Yeah, so. yeah. But it is it is curious. I, I mean, I guess it's you got to feed the hot hand, which is Brandon Newman, right? Yeah. Eric Hunter, not the best shooting night. We we talked about that. Um, but, he again, he still hit shots that he needed to hit down the stretch. Also, I want to talk about... Um, the mid-range game on this Purdue team, I've never seen a college basketball team hit mid-ranges as consistently or, you know, as well as this Purdue team. I can't tell you how many times Brandon Newman pulls up from, like, the elbow and just knocks down a jumper. He hit, like, three of them at least last night or yesterday yeah, afternoon. It's, it's, it's a good weapon to have. It's, it's a good weapon to have. I mean, as the basketball moves in the opposite direction. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not the most, uh, you know, analytically uh, preferred shot. Precise, but, but yeah. I mean, if you're hitting them, I guess why not? Um, yeah, I, you know, you look at the stat stat line, right? You have to be happy with the three-point shooting, 45% from three, right? But then you look at the field goal percentage, you know, 45% as well, and you're kind of like, it, it's a little bit of a letdown, right? Because you think how much better this team could be if they could consistently hit from the floor, it seems. You know? Yeah, of course. And, and also just... Honestly, even just stay, just stay on a consistent level throughout the game. It's mm-hmm. like you were hitting, you were hitting a really good three free throw percentage the whole game, and then you just collapse. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the game, it's like you'll take even a couple misses in the middle of the game if you're just consistent across. Yeah, you know, you don't want those massive swings. Mm-hmm. I I will say though, um, one thing I just noticed on, you know, the the minutes throughout the team is that the starting five aside from Travion uh, I mean all played big minutes right you get three guys off the bench play essentially 20 minutes right but that those other two guys Isaiah Thompson Ethan Morton off the bench played next to nothing right so it seems that Morton's role is definitely going getting smaller White, right, which I didn't expect, and so is Thompson's. But his, you know, he still played ten minutes. I did expect that, but um, it's just it'll be interesting to see how you know as the rotation gets more set in stone, you know how the minutes get divvied up because it, it appears as though there's you know a couple guys whose minutes are going down. I don't want to say severely, but you know consistently, and there's guys that are just getting more and more run, um, because I heard. Uh, like a soundbite from Matt Painter just the other day where he was saying like, you know, this year in particular, you want to play a ton of guys off the bench because if someone goes down with COVID, right, you need to have a guy that can step in, right, that has some playing time that, you know, has a rhythm, right, to come in and play to fill a spot. Um, but it seems as though maybe it was just this game, right? Maybe I'm looking too much into it uh, because it was a close game. Maybe it was more so just a fact that they needed their the the established they needed the guys in there that you know are gonna are gonna be the guys down the stretch. So uh, I don't I don't know if I'm looking too much into that or or what, but yeah, I mean I think it's it would be a little bit sad to see the team kind of go down towards like an eight man mm. or or mm-hmm. a nine man rotation. I think it's it's just a matter of if Purdue had managed to kind of keep that game at like 10 points, 12 points, I'm sure those guys would have gotten a little bit more burned because mm-hmm. you want to get them a little bit of, you know, some confidence building at the end of games. 
you don't want to just throw them right into the fire, right? And then you scream yeah. at them if something doesn't go well. But, um, yeah, I, that's why you hope that some of these... I mean, of course, we have some tough games coming up, but you hope that you get some spots that yeah. that these guys can come in, even if it's just for 7, 10 minutes, and just establish themselves. I will uh, say... Uh, especially is, Morton, right? Because it's his... Yeah, and season, Morton, so. you know, has... I, there's some... There's some... Uh, like... Not hype. hope over some yeah, of his but, skills. Well, there's, you know, there's a lot more of, like, there's more intrigue about, you know, what his potential is. I think yeah. he will get more more playing time, though, as the season goes on. I think it just was a matter of this game was close and we can't really play, you know, guys that haven't played a ton yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, this is, you know, a little bit unrelated, but I just saw here Purdue led this game right out of the 40 minutes played. Purdue led this game for 39 minutes and 24 seconds, right? And they spent 35 of those 36 seconds uh, tied. So Purdue did not trail this game for even a second, which has to be a big... I mean, again, you did. they did let them back in the game. They did let Maryland back in the game, but... At least you never relinquished them. Yeah, league. exactly, right? Which I feel like is a mental... Like, that's a mental victory, you know? You, if you yeah. tell yourself that, that's 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 probably very good one thing i will say is this kind of i feel like it's a step backward this game in, t- in terms of you know fouling they've been doing a good job of not getting into deep foul trouble but today they had a couple guys with you know three fouls which you don't i mean you never yeah, love I mean, it's okay that. if you play 30 minutes but mm-hmm. you'd rather yeah. not right yeah exactly because ne- not everybody's gonna shoot 47 percent from foul yeah high, that's like maryland did mm-hmm. especially not wreckers no, Rutgers. Who playing next? Well, we might as well dive into that. Uh, Rutgers, the next game for Purdue. Yeah, that's an on, offensive machine. That's on. That's on Tuesday. Yeah, Rutgers can put up points yeah. in a hurry. Um, the Scarlet Especially Knights at the guard slot. Uh, what are they right now? They still at eleven. I guess it's not eleven the in new, the country. Yeah, yeah, the new new polls haven't come out yet. But Rutgers at eleven. Um, they already beat that Maryland team. Yeah, Rutgers is good this year, you know. Beat Illinois. Steve Peichel's a great coach. Lost to Ohio State. Yeah, they beat Illinois, who I I beat thought Hughes. was a top two team in the Big Ten. So, it I, I always feel nervous playing Rutgers. I really don't know what it is about them. I mean, obviously I, mean, I know what it is about them, but it's just even before they have some, they've some had great this talent year. this year. I mean, they pretty much returned the same team they had last year, right? I mean, and they were very good last year. They could score. Uh, yeah, so they're at 11. They beat Ohio State, Illinois, like you said, Maryland. Uh, yeah, this game this game makes me nervous. But, again, it's a good opportunity to be a ranked team, and it's a conference game. So, of course, it's important. They have a ton of really good guards. I mean, Geo Baker, I've, I mean, he always destroys purdue he always destroys purdue he every time he plays purdue he turns into like an an, just a next level score yeah (laughs) and you look at i mean ron harper jr averaging over 23 points a game Mm -hmm. jacob young averaging 16 and 6 that duo of baker and harper is i mean that those are their two best players and and they're pretty they're they're dangerous because they can both shoot from pretty much anywhere on the floor harper's like a big boy right so he can like rebound and he can kind of bang a little bit uh, it's just like, I just, I'm thinking of the matchups, right? And like, 
Harper is a guy that Purdue, I feel like, doesn't really match up well with because we don't have... Like, Travion's, like, the big body, right, that would be able to stop him, but Travion's not a... guard. Yeah, but Travion's not a... Like, he can't guard the, um, you know, the wings, which that's what worries me. And then Geo Baker, you know, you think, like, Eric Hunter will be guarding Geo Baker, right? Like, I know that already. And I have a feeling... I... Hmm... I'm trying to, I don't I'm, even know if Geo Baker's going to start or be the sixth man because in, the, in their game, you could go either way. Six man. Yeah, he, he, he starting Harper and Young at yeah. the backcourt. Yeah, and the thing that's the thing though is 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 Geo Baker off the bench that scares me. Although you know a matchup with Geo Baker and, and Jaden Ivey is is intriguing, right? Because we talked about Jaden yeah. Ivey's how he's been kind of like a nice surprise on defense, and he's athletic enough that I think he would be able to handle it. But, you know, Geo Baker is an upperclassman, so you'll always have to give the advantage to, you know, the upperclassman. But it'll be a fun game. I mean, I hope, again, I'm, I'm not concerned about Rutgers, you know, bringing offense. I hope Purdue can match the offensive, you know, output in we that game. We might see a shootout, you know what I mean? It yeah, I, I mean, like I hope a, it's like, like that. No I hope it's like that. Kind of game. I hope it's like that. Just because I think that's the only chance that Purdue has to stay in this, because you know Purdue's defense hasn't been really anything special this season. Um, yeah, at times our offense has been really good, so I think Purdue's best chance in this game would be to, um, yeah, let's just run and gun, you know, exactly. I mean? play four guards and, and just try and go with it. Exactly. This this might be a game where you might want to see Aaron Wheeler get a little bit more burn, if not for his offensive ability, just to put. Somebody on Ron Harper, um, just somebody who can run up and down the floor with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, especially if you're if you're putting on the main ball handler, which is either going to be Baker or Young. If you're putting Eric Hunter on him, yeah. I mean, maybe you put Brandon Newman on the other guy, but somebody has to sit on Ron Harper. And this is at the fifty point three point shooter. This is this is at the rack. So I I mean, honestly, this is probably a. This is this is the most friendly atmosphere purdue will get playing at rutgers right no fans at the rack yeah thank goodness because i mean the rack is a very underrated place to play um in terms of just like home court advantage right oh yeah because it's 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 i don't want to say it's like a high school gym because that seems like i'm like bashing it but it's like it's a very small um gymnasium right and it's uh it gets loud so if purdue's fortunate enough that there's no fans um it'll I don't know. I'm. I'm. This game scares me, and it shouldn't really, because again, I, we've talked about how there shouldn't be too much pressure, right? This season, a lot of young young players, but you know they've been playing well, and so you keep, so you, so they give themselves expectations at this point. Yeah. Right. Uh, let's see. Again, we talked about this this stretch of games that Purdue has against really tough opponents, and I, I mean, all the Big Ten games this Just year will be play. will be tough, right? And you don't want to look ahead too far because as we've seen you know with the northwesterns of the league and the michigan states you know you don't really want to overlook any opponents but again purdue i don't is not favored to win this game right there's just there's, oh, no. there's no chance they're not favored to win their next two games mm-hmm. it's rutgers and illinois yeah and i mean again if you could win one of the two of these that would be that would be outstanding right i don't expect them to win either of them just because both of these teams that they're playing are are just very very impressive but again if you can steal one of these that's i mean that's a huge huge uh step forward in terms of just like the league standings i mean purdue sits 
you know, tied for fourth right now with Illinois and Rutgers, right? So winning, beating a team that you are even with is, is obviously huge. Yeah, and I mean, you look at, like, all the power rankings and, like, Ken Palm and stuff like that. Rutgers and Illinois are both ranked higher than maybe their record would show. Same with Michigan State. Everybody's going to be like, oh, Michigan State, they're 0-2 in the Big Ten. It's like, yeah, they're not going to be ranked 12th in the country when the next rankings come out because yeah. they lost two games. But, I mean, Michigan State, always a team that's dangerous. Yeah, I mean, any team coached by Tom Izzo will get it together. Like, I have no yeah. doubt in my mind Michigan State, by the end Tom of the Izzo season, will be – can have four high school kids out there and he'll still find a way to make him a top 50 team in the country. <laughs> yeah. Just... Yeah. I mean, that's probably, that's probably accurate, but um, it's going to, I mean, the whole season's going to be fun. It, it really is. And like, yeah, it's a bummer. There's no fans, but I haven't seen a conference that's this balanced, Stacked. right? That is competitive. I mean, the big 10 has nine teams ranked right now. And that, I think that'll go up by the end of the season, right? Like, it's crazy. It's really crazy. Yeah, I mean, even if you look at like the 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 rankings beyond the top twenty five, right? Oh yeah, there's a bunch of teams like receiving votes. Rankings. Indiana, I mean, Purdue's still receiving votes. Minnesota's going to get votes because of their big win against Ohio- Iowa. Um, even Northwestern, they're two and zero. They're, I mean, it's only a matter of time if they keep this up. It's only a matter of time until they start receiving votes. I'm sure they already will be. It's you know, it's it's a deep league this year. And, I mean, I'm looking at the at the Ken Palm, right? Which I could say is a little bit more yeah, analytic driven than yes. the rankings because they don't really care about records. They care about how you actually play. Yeah, strength of schedule and, and yeah. whatnot. Out of the top 10, there are three Big Ten teams, mm-hmm. uh, Wisconsin, Iowa, and Illinois. Yeah. And then going down, Michigan State and Ohio State are there. Rutgers is there. Indiana's right there. Like, there's just so many Big Ten teams in the mm-hmm. – in the, in the, even in the top 40 yeah i mean i think the team that wins the big 10 this year is still going to have like six law lo- five six losses i mean it's going to be that kind of a season it yeah. really is so that's yeah. why that's why i'm trying not to get you know if it when, if purdue loses a conference game i'm i'm not going to treat it like it's the end of the world because there's oh, going to no. be so many opportunities this season but again I, like we mentioned i think i think for sure big 10 is going to be on strength of schedule, and when you look at the final like tournament rankings, they're going to have the most teams in the tournament by far. Oh, yeah. They're going to have the highest strength of schedule by far. It's just even the bad teams, aside of like Nebraska, even the bad teams in the Big Ten like aren't just appalling. Mm-hmm. Like There's no team that you look at and you're like, man, they just don't even belong here. Yeah, yeah. Right. There's some other conferences you look at and like some of the bottom teams mm. are like, man, why are they even here? Yeah. Right? Big Ten is just... No, it's... it's any team can beat any team it's on any strong. night. It is strong. It's uh, it's gonna be crazy. And it's really no rest for the weary, weary, right? Like three, three days rest, and then another three days rest, and then another three days rest. Basically, it's just these guys are uh, on go mode. They're right cranking, now. yeah, they're cranking the games out. Uh, I'm just looking at the Purdue Rutgers games from last last season. Both of them were close games, actually. The one at the last one they played was at Mackey, right? That went into overtime. I remember that game. Geo Baker just went off in, in, in at the end of the game. Uh. He had 19 points on three of four shooting from three, eight of 14 from the field, six boards, three assists. So, I mean, Geo Baker has a history of just kind of just demolishing Purdue. That's what scares me the most about this game is I just, you know, I just expect a big game from Baker and, and Ron Harper. It'll be definitely, I mean, again, it'll be another guard heavy matchup, which is not a sentence I feel like 
gets said often in the Big Ten, but it will be a guard-heavy matchup because you'll have Baker and Harper, you know, being guarded by Eric Hunter and I assume most likely Aaron Wheeler. Um, and I think it'll come down to the guards, honestly, again, right, as it did this past week against Maryland. Uh, I, I, yeah, I really think the, uh, Purdue's best chances if they can match, match the offensive tempo. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be a game with a whole lot of stops. I mean, the it, you're going to have to score 70 at least to, to be in this game for, if you're Purdue, right? They scored oh, 73, sure. they scored 73 against Maryland, right? And that took a really good three point shooting effort, right? If they can tighten up the field goal shooting, you know, from two. You know, you have to think they have a good chance, but we we know Purdue on the road is very different from at home, and oh yeah, hopefully it is a you know a breakout game for some some people on the road. Yeah, and I mean, of course, we'll have the uh, the recap right yeah. after that. We'll so have the recap following that game. We're looking forward to it. Yeah, and uh, you'll see us before then most likely we'll talk about some some of the first impressions from the first couple games in the nba season uh as well as some nfl yeah yeah nfl's again getting very close to playoffs a couple big games this weekend that we'll talk about later on and that'll that'll do it for this recap and uh we'll see you next time see ya